and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? My next guest is a serial entrepreneur and noted speaker about social sales and marketing. He has reimagined CRM by building Nimble, the simple CRM for Office 365 and G Suite, best known as the co-founder of Goldmine Software Corp., one of the early pioneers of CRM for small, medium businesses. So please welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, John Ferrara. Janice, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to join you for this conversation. I think that we learn when we teach and, uh, and I think we grow when we help grow others. And so these kind of conversations are always fun but it's always great to drop a little bit of actual knowledge to others and help them grow as well. Excellent. And you know, you're absolutely right. I, I, these days my recordings are back to back and they're absolutely exhausting, but also at the same time, exhilarating. I just feel so privileged and lucky to have, to be able to ask great people like yourself questions and to learn so much. So I'm really eager, you know, to get into this because I know what as much as I learn, the people that listen to the podcast also learn. So let me start off by asking you about how the industry shifted. I know your expertise is not only, you know, in the CRMs and the great softwares that you've you've created, but the whole area of social sales and marketing, which underpins the, the software program. So how do you think it's evolving? Do you think it's shifted enough to be um, buyer and customer centric? Or do you think the whole industry have a long, long, long way to go? Well, Janice, I think the more things change, the more they may stay the same. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, in order to stay top of mind with your prospects, your customers, and ideally their influencers, you really want to become their trusted advisor. Uh, and you do that best by, like we talked about earlier, giving your knowledge away so that when they need your products and services, they pick up the phone and they call you and then they drag their friends with them. I think that this is the way that business ran back when we all lived in small towns. Uh, but I think that we, we lost our way for a little bit during the go-go 80s and 90s of the um, bagum and tagum enterprise sales, where getting the sale was really the goal, not serving the customer. And I think that social media has transformed the way that we work, play, buy, and sell. And it's forcing companies and salespeople to transform the way that they engage and sell customers. Because in the end, nobody wants to be sold. And people don't uh, buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. And so instead of companies selling and telling people how great they are and how great their products are, I think that the modern seller, the modern company is teaching their customers how they can be great. 
And, uh, and I think that's the secret to success is if you teach people to fish, they'll figure out you, t- you sell fishing poles. So is the key here on education, education of your customers? And then if you educate enough of them, then they'll want to buy from you. Well, I think that's the way I buy. Uh, so I have certain passions. Uh, I call them the five F's of life, family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. These are the things that we connect with each other on those softer things of life. So I happen to love astronomy and barbecue and cooking and family and backpacking. And I watch videos and, uh, and I buy products and I end up buying products that, uh, people that share content, uh, teach me about and I buy in times from those people and so many cases today people who are selling barbecues uh, are doing videos about how to barbecue and which barbecues to buy etc and so I absolutely believe that uh, that education is key to standing out from the crowd and uh, being top of mind you know there was this actress back in the day her name was Mae West, and she said, out of sight is out of mind, and out of mind is out of money, honey. And, uh, and so you're not going to be top of mind by sending a quarterly newsletter that talks about how great your products are to your customers. And uh, the way you will stay top of mind is by dripping your knowledge. In fact, most professionals have gotten more about their uh, areas of expertise their, around their products and services than most of their customers will ever know in their lives. Imagine you just gave that knowledge away on a daily basis. Mm. Um, But I think the key thing about that is don't just spew knowledge. You need to then listen and engage uh, to the people that respond to that with the intent to serve them and help them grow, not to immediately engage them and start selling. And I think that's the secret to success, that service is the new sales. Let's go back to your early sales career and, yeah. you know, how you got into sales and then how you kind of tr- transitioned. Okay. So first off, I never wanted to be in sales. <laughs> My dad was... Well, that's unusual. <laughs> yes. yes. In, in fact, I, I specifically said I don't want to be in sales, uh, but I found myself in sales time and time again. So my dad was the number one Lincoln Mercury uh, guy in the country in the 50s. And then he had the first Subaru dealership in the 70s in California. And I grew up on my dad's car lots. And I, even though uh, my dad was a reputable businessman, I just said to myself, I never want to be in sales. My uncle was head of, uh, he helped invent radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s. And he was an aerospace entrepreneur in the 70s. And I wanted to be like him. So I studied computer science. But to make my way through school, I had to work uh, and get a job. And the natural thing was because I bought a computer in 1978 when I graduated from high school, I did what I knew. I I worked at a computer store and it was fortunate for me that that was when the IBM PC came out and the first PCs were being sold to corporations. There were no PCs on desktops at companies and those PCs were 55% margin. So I sold the first 300,000 computers into Southern California corporations at 55% margin. So I I think I was making $80,000 a year in 1982, living at home, working part-time. And so my introduction to sales was it can be very lucrative, but nevertheless, when I graduated my computer science degree, I went and worked at Hughes Space and Com because I wanted to work in technology. And after two years in aerospace, I saw that I'm not an aerospace person, it's just too slow for me. 
I got a job at a startup in Boston as a systems engineer. Well, very quickly after a year, they moved me into sales. And so there I was in my first real sales job, enterprise sales. And they gave me leads, which were basically phone numbers of a local IT people and said, go get them. So I cold call those leads, put notes on the piece of paper that the lead came on. I put my appointment in my day timer, which is like a leather-based calendar to-do uh, organizer. And I did my forecast back to corporate on a spreadsheet once a month. And that was SFA, CRM, and contact management because Outlook didn't exist. It was Outlook Express, which was just email, and there was no uh, CRM or SFA. In fact, um, there was no program that integrated email, contact, and calendar, and sales and market automation. So... Uh, I searched for a tool to manage not just my interactions with prospects, but I wanted to automate and engage my whole team in my district office and in my corporate office because we all worked as part of a team engaging with a customer. And because I couldn't find it and, uh, and I had a computer science background, I said, you know what, I could do this. And so I quit my job and started a company called Goldmine, which was Outlook and Salesforce combined before either existed. We started that company on $5,000, never took a dime of venture, grew it to about $100 million plus a year in revenue and sold it. And I retired when I was 40. Not bad, eh? <laughs> Fantastic. So then, okay, you retired when you were 40. Yeah. Then, I mean, you could have just decided to go on a boat and travel around the world and not kind of get in at the deep end again what made you you know look at nimble what was it well i think that the best products come from your own pain because you're passionate about it and you understand the problem my first pain with goldmine was managing contacts and engagement as a team to turn that engagement into a measurable business outcome my problem with nimble started that the thing that drove me to build nimble was I started to use social media as it emerged in 2006, seven and eight. And I saw how it's gonna change the way that we work, play, buy and sell. And I started to use it and it quickly became very effective for me to build my brand and to grow my network. And so I started to do that, but I didn't have a place to put the network. So there I was listening, engaging in Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn, building all these connections but I didn't have a contact platform to interface with the social. And I wanted to not just engage with people, but I wanted to bring them into a system so I can organize them and systematically build those relationships into outcomes. And I started looking at contact management. And back then it was really G Suite and Gmail was the cloud productivity email contact and calendar. Office 365 didn't exist. And I saw that it wasn't really a good contact manager, let alone interface to social. And then I started looking at CRM and saw they weren't about relationships at all. They're really about command and control and reporting. CRM stands for customer relationship management, yeah. but it really should stand for customer reporting management because people don't manage relationships in CRM. They manage relationships in uh, Microsoft 365 and G Suite today and in social. And so uh, I decided I was going to get back in the saddle and reimagined CRM and basically Nimble pioneered social selling and social CRM because we were the first CRM to integrate Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. And, um, and that's why I started Nimble because I felt like I wasn't done powering others and helping them to build relationships. I really believe, Janice, that we all need a personal CRM. Forget about Salesforce and your corporation. Um, I think that everybody has a personal brand and professional network and they don't manage it well. They basically manage it in Google Contacts or Microsoft or iCloud and Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera. 
and that if you're not managing your network effectively, you're not really able to derive the opportunity to turn those contacts into gold. I mean, that's interesting because personal branding has become so important nowadays. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people are really excelling because they're managing their social footprint and their their whole brand capital. Right. And, re and especially now we've been through COVID, they're the ones that are getting the jobs quicker and opportunities because they, they're easy to reach and find and you can look them up and it's all, all there. Well, you know, the thing is, is that everybody, people are going to Google you before they meet you. And yeah. if you don't show up on that first page, you're in trouble. And here's a tip. First tip, uh, Google yourself. And if you don't show up on the first page, build a Wikipedia page for yourself. It's free. It's easy. All you got to do is cite external articles and follow the guidelines. And when people Google you, you'll show up as a box on the right hand side. Google optimizes for that and uh, and you can control how people see you. But one of the things I do want to point out is everybody's telling everyone that your brand and your network are important, that you should set up identities in all the places where your customers and your prospects and their influencers have conversations, that you should drip knowledge and listen and engage to turn those connections into relationships. But very few people, unfortunately, have a personal contact platform, a CRM for themselves. And, and that's what I think Nimble would be great for anybody listening to this today is to unify your contacts from all the siloed places in uh, in your email productivity suites that you happen to use, and then in your social accounts and any business apps that you use into a platform that enriches it with the people and company data that you need in order to engage effectively. And then use that wherever you're engaging, because when you're in an email answering it, you need to know who that person is and the history of interactions that you and the team have had. When you're engaging in social, you need to know who those people are. And if you don't know who they are and they do seem like they'd be somebody that matters to you, you should take them out of the stream and put them in your golden Rolodex and begin to build and nurture that relationship over time. Because if you can't effectively segment your database and outreach uh, on a one-to-one -one or one-to-many basis uh, in order to achieve your goals, then you don't really have a network that you could use. I think this is really interesting because, you know, they, they say your network is your net wealth. And Nimble was originally built and the target audience were, were SMBs. And what you're saying actually has another um, um, objective, really, in that you can use this to manage um, and influence others of your own personal brand by being right. able to capture all of that in, in one place and and nimble's a, a platform that's so accessible so even if it's it's for you which is your most important asset it's worthwhile that investment and this tool actually helps you to do that yes and and in fact there's really two key use cases for nimble it's yes. a company's crm so you capture leads and you put them into nimble and your team engages with them or I'm a business professional. I work for myself or I work for somebody else, but I'm going to take command of my contacts and I'm going to build my own personal CRM and I'm going to bring it to work with, with me and use it to achieve my business goals. Because even if you're forced to use Salesforce, you know, the biggest cause of failure of CRM is lack of use and the second is bad data. And the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. <laughs> uh, but that's, even if you have to use uh, uh, enterprise CRM at the office, you could bring Nimble with you and use it in conjunction with the CRM 
because here is a sad fact. When you buy CRM today, like Salesforce, you have to buy a sales intelligence program like LinkedIn Sales Navigator or Raintree Discover Org or uh, Inside View, something to enrich leads with people and company data. And then you need to buy an outreach tool like Salesloft or Outreach.io in order to outreach with templated trackable emails. So basically today you could use Nimble, which delivers not just your personal CRM, but the sales intelligence and the sales enablement email template tracking that you need to outreach and engage uh, for, for less than, uh, than basically lunch these days. <laughs> Yeah, that that's an, an incredible, really, isn't it? Uh, and it, I, I found it quite funny what you say about Salesforce because you know I I deal with um, sales leaders uh, and uh, sales teams, and so often uh, through key, uh, key account management, one of my key subjects, and so often the you're right, it's a a, a sales reporting tool, and there aren't yeah. that many people that love. Uh, Salesforce, but and it costs a fortune, and many companies make this massive investment. But it's very, it's so highly underutilized, really. Yeah. It's yeah. not fact, intuitive at all. Most people use their CRM as a contact manager. So yeah. let's just get down to the history of CRM. Yeah. So basically, uh, CRM kind of started with a Rolodex. And then it evolved into the six by nine index cards where you would make a call and you put a note on the call and you put a recall date and you file it on the recall date. And that was your sort of card file CRM. And then Goldmine and ACT pioneered contact management and Goldmine really pioneered team CRM. Um, and it was the outlook of its day because Outlook didn't exist. So at the heart of Goldmine was a really great contact manager. And that's what salespeople need. They need the contact management and the SFA. Management really needs the CRM, which is the lead reporting command control stuff. And the problem is, is that Outlook came out, it became the contact manager. And so CRMs don't build good contact management into CRM and sales reps don't use it for contact manager. They use it for reporting. So basically at the end of the week or the day, they might go log the stuff that they're supposed to do. So management gets off their back, but they really need an engagement tool. And that's what Nimble is. It's a really great contact manager because I invented contact management and I know that you got to empower the customer facing business team member to listen and engage with customers before they could ever put an opportunity in the, the lead pipeline. And so the history of CRM is relationships and really good contact management. It evolved into SFA, Salesforce Automation. It evolved into CRM. The funny thing is the CRM forgot contact management and SFA. So when you buy a CRM, you got to buy the SFA stuff today that used to be kind of built in. And yeah. it's, it's just really funny how it evolved and sort of fell backwards. I mean, it is, it is funny, but tragic, really tragic. The sales stack now is, yeah. you know, you need a degree just to read it. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, we, okay, here, let's do some numbers. Salesforce, $135 per rep per month. Sales Loft or Outreach IO, $100 plus per rep per month. Discover Org, which is Sales Intelligence, or LinkedIn Sales Navigator, $100 per rep per month. So minimum $300 per rep per month to give them the minimal sales stack. And most salespeople don't know how to use that stuff. So you got to hire a sales administrator to run it all for them, which is going to cost you $50,000 plus a year. 
to run all that stuff. And, and people wonder why uh, these tools are underutilized. And, mm -hmm. and I think that we've forgotten who we serve. And the reason is, is the enterprise customer companies serve the, the enterprise buyer, the manager. Uh, they don't really serve the customer-facing business team member. And so if you're listening to this today and you want to manage your contacts more effectively, go try Nimble. And if you like what you see, use the code JOHN40, J-O-N-4-0, to get 40% uh, off your first three months. And, uh, and one of the things I love about Nimble is it works for me by building itself, by automatically unifying my contacts from all the disparate places they are, enriches them with people and company data, so I don't have to Google them, I Nimble them, and synchronizes email, calendar, and social interactions that my team and I have had. But then the most important thing is it works where I work. So if I open an email, I can see who the person is, and I can see the history of interactions. But most importantly, I can then log the note and schedule the next task, and that's the basics. Business basics, log a note, schedule the next task, because if you don't have a next action with a customer, then you basically have left them as a needle in the haystack and you'll never find them again. And mm -hmm. so follow up and follow through is key to business success. And we just don't do it because we have to go back to the CRM to log that stuff and to schedule that stuff. And in the end, we don't do it. So this is your, your, your second life in uh, Nimble and, you know, is there a third for you, John? Is there kind of something on the horizon where you think, ah, I still don't feel I've given enough. You know, I've got more in me. There's a there's another uh, thing that I need to create and to make yeah. life better um, for, you know, my, my audience of people. Is there something else that's looming in the back of your mind that's still forming? You know, Janice, I don't know if I need to build another product, but I do love to build and grow people. Uh, a year after I sold Goldmine, I got a head tumor and I faced death. Wow. And when you face death, you, you look around, you question things. Mm -hmm. And I did some spiritual work and I came to the conclusion of why I'm on this planet. And I came to the conclusion that I'm on this planet to grow my soul in the brief period of time that I'm here. And I think the best way for you to grow your soul is by being present with others, especially those who love you and, uh, and help them grow their souls. And, uh, and that's why I'm here, I think, is to grow by helping other people grow. So I think one of the ways I'm thinking about uh, doing that is by doing more teaching. Um, I, uh, I would love to find ways to blow wind in other people's sails at scale. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the people we most admire in life are, are our teachers, the people who've inspired and educated us. And, uh, and that's what I'd love to do at scale uh, at some point in the future when I'm, when I'm done with the nimble, uh, life cycle. Yeah. That's interesting. Really interesting. Um, I, yeah, I, I really like that because I think at the end of the day, when we think of our, our legacies, what we, it's not always, um, the big company, the money and all of those no. things. It's actually, no. it's almost in the memory that, people have of you the difference yeah. you made and that's kind of one-on-one -on -one, isn't it really it and, is yeah we you know all of us can think of our favorite teacher I mean for me yeah. 40 years ago but yeah. actually I still think of them now because there's something that they showed me or they taught me there's a mm -hmm. difference that they made that I've carried forward and I don't know if that's the same with you yes absolutely um 
So I took Calc 1, 2, and 3 different differential equations, linear algebra, and numerical analysis with the same teacher in college. Mm-hmm. And his name was Larry Small. And I don't think I would have gotten through those classes. In fact, I got straight A's through them because he was such an inspirational teacher who truly cared. Um, and, uh, and I think that you're right, Janice, that in the end, they don't write on your grave, you know, in pioneered CRM made hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I think what they do is they write beloved father, friend, husband, member of the community. And I like to say that we're not on this planet to make money, but to make memories out of moments. And that's why it's really important to be truly present with the other people around you uh, and to listen for ways to add value, to blow wind in their sails. Because I think that's why we're here is to serve others. And by doing that, you serve yourself. I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, the more people you help grow, uh, you can get anything in you want in life by helping other people get what they want in life. Yeah. And it's really so true. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so so I, I think that's one of the reasons why I got back in the saddle and, and built Nimble is because I think that relationships have become even more important in our social age. And I think that people don't really realize that relationships aren't business cards or LinkedIn connections. They're actually people that you've taken time to get to know and, uh, and you've nurtured the relationships with the, the key ones that matter. And I love to tell stories and analogies. Here's another one about relationships. Well, first off, there's a guy named Dunbar, an English chap who said, did a study, and you can only manage 100 to 200 people in your head at one time, the Dunbar limit. And, um, and then the other thing is, is it takes most of the fuel of a rocket to get to orbit, most of the fuel of a car to get to 60, 70 miles an hour, very little to stay at that. It takes a lot of work to initiate a relationship, much less to maintain it. But we don't maintain the key relationships that matter to us because um, if you do what we teach you to do, which is build your brand and identity in all the places where your customers and prospects have conversations, begin to share knowledge, listen and engage, what you're going to do is you're going to build tens of thousands of connections. You'll quickly become overwhelmed by contacts and you'll lose the needle in the haystack. And that's why you need a system to organize and manage your contacts and LinkedIn's not it because you can't even export the email, let alone the location for your contacts out of LinkedIn and, uh, and office 365 and G suite aren't really good contact managers. And that's why I think we all need to better manage our network because like you said, it is your network. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And, uh, yeah, well, there's so do you know, John, we I'm gonna have to get you on again because <laughs> there is so much that I wanted to um talk to you you about. And you're you're such an interesting guy. And I really love what you you say about, you know, the the legacy and the reason why we're we're here and and you know that being kind of your your real passion, education. So, you know, if you on a desert island on your own, what would be the one thing you took with you? Hmm. Well, uh, I'd say my books, um, because uh, I love to learn. Uh, it helps me grow. And, uh, and I voraciously read. I've been reading all my life. In fact, the library by my house was my sanctuary. Uh, I had an old 1920s beautiful library near my house. 
and it was uh, a place where I went. And so uh, I love uh, I love to read. And uh, if I was on a desert island by myself, I would love to have a library where I could read uh, voraciously the rest of my life. That sounds wonderful. Absolutely lovely. And so how can listeners get hold of you, John? Well, like I said earlier, uh, Google me, John, J-O-N, Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A, and, uh, and then figure out where, uh, what channels are most comfortable for you to reach out to me. And if you struggle with that, here, I'll make it really easy for you. My email is J-O-N at nimble.com. Let me know how I can help you achieve your dreams in life because it's how I reach mine. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast, John. You bet, Janice. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.